The following is recorded from Marine Creek Church. If you have any questions, feel free to visit our website at www.marinecreekchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning. Happy Easter, Creek family. Man, uh, we came up with a new way to baptize yesterday at Spring Spectacular. It's called the dunk tank. <laughs> That's why my face is so red. I'm not embarrassed. I got sunburned. Um, yeah. Uh, all that prep, I didn't put on sunblock, so you get to see this bright, shiny red face this morning. Sorry, in the coffee bar or the video cafe, it probably looks like this giant red head in front of the screen. They're like, is he a red M&M preaching the Word of God? Yes, I am. I'm glad you're here. Happy Easter. Uh, uh, I want to thank everyone I'll call you the Purple Shirt Brigade. Yesterday was incredible. Thank you for an awesome day at Spring Spectacular, man. My heart goes out to you. This was the first time in in the history of our church. I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. And and our team is like, we got it, Matt. We got it. And I showed up to church yesterday, showed up to the daycare, and saw these purple shirts that said Creek Kids on. I was like, they got it. It was awesome. Thank you, guys. If you're visiting with us, like that video said, there's a guest card in your worship guide or in the seat back somewhere in front of you. And then if you're a visitor today, we have a visitor's packet that we'd love to get in your hands. I don't know if you made it through the the stellar uh, guys at check-in. If you have kids, they may have given you this visitor packet. Don't leave without one of those. It's information about who we are and why we're doing what we do and all that fun stuff. So, I'm excited to celebrate Easter with you. It truly is a celebration. Um, And the weird thing is, yes, Easter celebrates the death of Jesus, but it doesn't end there. Death is a part of that celebration. At Christmas time, we gather, we celebrate his birth, and at Easter, we celebrate the rest of the story. And I'm excited to celebrate it with you today. And um, the other thing that I want to say is, as we celebrate the death of Christ, we don't mourn as those who have no hope. Scripture tells us there is a hope, and so I want us to center in on the hope of the resurrection. I want to read to you the resurrection story in Matthew 28. Now, there are Bibles uh, somewhere in the vicinity of you. If you don't have one, um, you can use that. If you don't own one, write your name in that, make that your own. But this is one of the few weekends, just because of volume, uh, we put the Scripture on the screen. So um, don't get used to that. I want you to find it in your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we'll give you one. You can take the one under your chair. Thou shalt not still doesn't apply to that instance, right? (laughs) You don't have a Bible. You don't know what it says, right? Anyway, Matthew 28. (laughs) You're welcome. Man, I got to keep that one for the next service. And 8 o'clock, it didn't go well. They were still asleep. Wake up. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and gone ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, 
afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. And that's good news. That's a good, that's good hope when you start thinking about uh, such a uh, culture, I guess, we live in that needs hope. Hopelessness is probably the darkest word that I can think of in the English language. I mean, think about it. To be at a place of such desperation that you look into your future, you look at all of your options, and you see no hope. I mean, that's, that's seeing no chance of anything. My hope is that none of you have ever experienced that. But here's the reality. Here's, here's who we are. We're people. We're a mess. A lot of us have looked into our future and looked at our situation and thought, there's no hope. I don't see how this is going to happen. In those times when we, when we face that, we try to fill ourselves with something to give us hope. Yeah, I don't, just whatever it is. Like I said, we're, we're people. We have all kinds of things that, we, that are at our disposal. My hope is this morning, you look to Jesus for that. Because Jesus is the only one that can provide that hope. You see, history doesn't deny the birth of Jesus. History doesn't deny the life of Jesus. History doesn't even deny that there was a Jesus from Nazareth who walked the countryside preaching of of God and teaching who was arrested and crucified on a cross. History agrees with us there. Where we depart a little bit is in the resurrection. Because as Christ followers... Our hope is planted in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is what gives us the hope. So, I mean, is there hope in the gospel? The gospel is the good news that this Jesus was born of a virgin at Christmas time, who lived a perfect life, walked a sinless life, is God in the flesh, walked a hill called Calvary, bearing a cross on his back, was nailed to this tree, was laid in a borrowed tomb, but the news gets better. On Easter Sunday, he walked from that tomb alive. That's the gospel. The gospel just means good news. The good news is this. There's hope. There's hope that arose on Easter Sunday, and there's hope that can rise in us. If you've got your Bible, go to 1 Corinthians 15, um, or you can go on version or look on the screen. <laughs> That's, you'll hear me say that one more time in 2013. And it'll be Christmas. I hope to see you before then. 1 Corinthians 15. This is the Apostle Paul talking about the resurrection of the dead and and asking the question, is there hope in this? Listen to what it says in verse 12. 1 Corinthians 15, 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God because we've testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. He's reiterating that to make a point. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. 
If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied above all men. What Paul's saying here is, is that if there's no resurrection of the dead, there's no hope. And you know what? We of all people are to be most pitied because we came and sat in a room this morning hoping for something that doesn't exist. We gathered yesterday in the, in the yard, played games, we dunked each other, all in the name of something that doesn't exist. That's hopeless. There's a lot better things we could be doing with our time on Sunday morning if all this is hopelessness. But the story goes on. Verse 20, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. That's a good news. That's where the hope is. You see, hope, real hope, hinges on the resurrection of Jesus. And as we come here this morning, we can celebrate with hope that the tomb is empty. That Jesus hung on a cross. The cross is empty because he was taken down. He was laid in a borrowed grave. You know what? He only needed to borrow it because today it's empty. And so that resurrection brings us hope. There's several areas that it gives us hope. The first thing the resurrection gives us hope for is forgiveness. And just as Paul said, as death came through one man, Adam, so does life come through Christ. Here's the reality. Back in the garden, when God created everything, it was all perfect. There was harmony with God, and Adam and Eve sinned. Now, whether you want to blame Eve or not for taking the fruit first, I'm still bitter about that, God still blamed Adam. Sorry, husbands. How about that spiritual accountability? He still looked at Adam and said, it's your wife. You were supposed to lead her spiritually. And because of that sin, death entered. And death entered through Adam. Guess what? We're humans. We're born into that system. We are born broken. We're born. I I bring enough mess for all of us combined. Trust me. One of the most comforting things I hear at the creek are me too. So when I say I'm a mess, here's what you got to say. Me too. Because we are people and people are messy. And we're born into this system. And so the cross provided a way for forgiveness for the debt of sin to be paid before the world was even created, in the halls of eternity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were talking. They said, you know, if we do this humanity thing, we're going to have to do something to reconcile and fix the relationship. And Jesus said, I'll do it. He saw us as worth it enough. Romans 5, 8 says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We hadn't been created yet. I mean, it's not even something where we were even a thought in our mom or dad's mind. We weren't a thought in eternity yet other than God. When he said, when it goes south, I'll redeem them. That's why Jesus gets the name, the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. Before it was even set in motion, he knew what he would do. He said, I can bring glory to God by redeeming my people. And he went to the cross and paid for it. I don't know if you're like me, you ever hit that moment of hopelessness when you have more month than money, if you know what I mean? When you're watching the bank account and you're really trying to talk to your family about stopping the spending, we're like, slow down, slow down, slow down. You know, when my daughter visits from Canada, I can call the bank and it sounds like a vacuum cleaner. You know, my my word for that is, honey, we're hemorrhaging cash. You know, people are like coming around me. I'm like the Geico guy with money falling off, except I don't know where the money's coming from. It's, It's that bad. There's no hope in that, right? 
when you're like, I don't know how we're going to make it to the end of this month. I'm making a joke, but the reality is a lot of us have looked at that. I mean, we've sat here and thought, man, it's, it's the 16th of the month, and we've got to make it 15 more days, and I don't know how it's going to happen. Now, how about this? I don't know if this has ever happened to you where somebody paid your check at the restaurant. How, how much hope does that infuse you to know somebody paid for it? Not put the bill off the next month, but somebody paid for it, right? I'm not lobbying for you to pay my bills. I'm just trying to make a point of hope, <laughs> all right? I'll give you the address if you need it, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. Some of you are like, yeah, he's a pastor. Yeah. No, no, I don't need your money. Uh, I'm trying to make a point of hope because the reality is we're born into, into a hopeless system. It's a broken system. I mean, the operating system of the world is broken, and the cross is what made it right. But we, that we, have, to, we have to say, I need that. I mean, we have to claim that check that gets paid. I was on a website the other day, and, and their activity is going to spike this afternoon, and here's why. I was on a site for Texas Unclaimed Money, and I put, I put my name in there. You know, I'm, I'm like playing the lottery on this thing. It's kind of like that. I'm like, you know, instead of picking numbers, I'm typing my name on the, on the site, and it comes back with $500. That's a lot of money to me. I don't know about you. 500 and you don't even say $500. It's $500, Okay. I mean, it's, it's, that, it's, it's, it's money. It's my money. And I want to claim it, right? So I go through the process. I'm like, what do I got to do? That's my money. You know, it's not in my bank account. It's not my wallet. I have this drawer called my she money drawer. I keep cash in it. She don't know I got it, but that's my money. I, she's got a stash somewhere. I don't know where it's at. I'm going to find it. Boys don't grow up. They just get more expensive toys, right? Those are for my toys. I got my toy money drawers, my she money drawer. It's not in there. $500 would be a great benefit to that she money drawer, if you know what I mean, because there's a lot of toys that I want. $500 would be a good benefit in my household, period, okay? Honey, we're going to dinner tonight. Um, but I can't get it unless I go through the process to claim it. That's what the cross is. That's the forgiveness that the hope brings of the re- resurrection, is that Jesus said, I've paid for you. Why don't you claim it? Why don't you accept it? And so we have the great hope of that being taken care of. But don't just stop there. Sadly, we try to get church, and we try to make following Jesus all about accepting his forgiveness. It goes on from there. The debt's been paid, yeah, and there's a process. We go, we humble ourselves before the cross. Say, Jesus, pay for me. Include me in that. But the hope of the resurrection provides us with a reconciled relationship. It's reconciliation. It's a restored relationship with God as our creator. Not just that we're forgiven, but we can have a relationship with him. I don't know if there's people in your past that have hurt you. Just by me saying that, I know the wheels are turning. The the, the names are ticking off as people who have hurt you in your past. And I could ask you, have you forgiven them? Some of you would say, yeah. Some of you would say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not ready yet. To those of you that have forgiven people in your past, my next question would be, are you reconciled? Because for me, there's people in my past that have hurt me, and some I've forgiven, and some I'm still struggling to forgive. But those that I've forgiven, the forgiveness is for me, not them. The reconciliation is for us. 
So with, with, with God, the cross, my sin, all this stuff, the forgiveness is more for God. He says, I paid for it. The reconciliation is for us. It's so that we can be reconciled, not just by his death, but by his life. Paul said in Romans 5, 9 through, through 10, that how much more are we reconciled in his death from the wrath of God, but how much more from his life? Because we're reconciled to him. Man, too many of us think that the gospel, the good news of the cross and Easter Sunday's message is all about a past event to take care of a past. And, and then some will move to that next step of, but, it, but yeah, it's a present reality. I want to I live, I want to follow God. I mean, Jesus looked the disciples in the eyes and said, follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Follow me. We're going to change the world. We're going, to, we're going to turn this thing upside down. Do you realize that Jesus still looks into our hearts and says, follow me. I want to take what you do very well, and I want to turn that in a way to bring God glory and honor through how I can change your life and the lives of people around you. So the gospel is a past reality. It's a present reality, but it's also a promise. The resurrection gives us hope for a promise. In John 14, Jesus was talking to his disciples. He said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving, and where I go, you can't go with me, but I'll come back for you. Us guys, when we, we like to play tricks on other guys, like, I'll be right back. Some of y'all might have done it with kids. Maybe you did it this morning. I'll be back to pick you up, and you're like, huh? No, you've got that tag. Please pick up your kids. They don't fit. <laughs> they don't like that. Jesus is not going to play with our emotions. He's not an emotional manipulator. He's God. He loves us with a more pure love than we can imagine. And he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I'll come back for you. We've been teaching through the book of Acts um, here at the creek, and, and the way that we like to teach is just verse by verse. Man, let's start at the beginning of a book. Let's teach through it. The book of Acts begins with Jesus ascending into heaven, basically going, peace out. I'll see you guys soon. That's loosely translated for the ascension in all the theological terms. <laughs> I got to preach it how I can understand it. But he says, but I'm with you. My power's with you. And there's a promise. He says, I'm leaving now, but I'm coming back. So this gospel, this good news of Jesus isn't just a past situation. It's a present reality, and there's a future promise, which means it has the ability to encompass all of our life, past, present, and future. And that's hope. The hope is that our past has been redeemed, that right now we can have a relationship as God's son, that there's a power that we can live in that is not of our own. It doesn't mean your life is going to go great. If you hear a pastor say, you give your life to Christ and everything's going to go your way, run. He's trying to sell you something. Some of the people here at the creek will share their story with you and go, I gave my life to Christ and my life went to hell. I lost my job, my marriage crumbled. You talk about how do you preach that, right? They come to Jesus, everything's going to be good, and your marriage goes away. We've got people in our church community that surrendered their life to God, humbled themselves before the cross, the next day lost their job. Man, but it's a power beyond your own, and there's a future promise that comes along with it. So how does hope rise in us? 
mean, how do we leave here changed so that this hope becomes something real in our life? The first thing I want to challenge with is be reconciled. Don't just say, God, I need your forgiveness. I've done some stuff in the past, and I need that taken care of, and then we're good. Um, that, that will only get us so far. That's the forgiveness thing. That would be like my daughter going into my she money drawer and draw, drawing from my cash. The wrath of God will come upon her. <laughs> Same as the wrath of dad, however you want to do, deal with it, man. I'm going to call her to account and get my money back. Like, you're going to be poop scooping for free for the rest of your life, kid. We have a little dog, and that's her chore. Some of y'all are like, yeah, I know what he's talking about. I need kids. Some of y'all are planning to have more kids to hand off some of those chores. It's really a beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> but, but it's being reconcil- reconciled to God, not to a, a forgiveness. See, we, we try to make this whole message of Christianity and Jesus how to reconcile sin to forgiveness. So it's kind of like, how do we get back to good so we can keep living the life we want to live? How do we keep drawing upon the the cash stash so we keep doing what we want? Let, Let me challenge you to be reconciled to a who, and that is God. That is a relationship. Instead of seeking forgiveness, seek God. Instead of seeking what you want, seek what he wants for your life. That's what Jesus did when he went to the cross. Do you realize Jesus prayed Before he was arrested and crucified, he said, God, Father, if there's any other way that this can happen, I'm all ears. But if this is the only way, I want to bring you honor. I want to do what you want over what I want. And we've got the story of the cross, and we've got the story of the resurrection. So be reconciled. Be encouraged. Some of you are like, thanks a lot, Matt. That I can take out of here. I'm encouraged. How do I be encouraged? Be filled with hope. Okay, how do I do that? I I can't tell. There's no magic formula for it. There's no chant you can say. There's nothing you can do for hope to suddenly just infuse in your life. But let me tell you how I found hope. It's being reconciled to God and then walking with other people who are firmly planted in that hope. Yesterday, Seeing all the purple shirts for our spring spectacular, that brought me hope. Not just hope that a bunch of people got together and filled Easter eggs and were cooking on a grill and were playing games and throwing tennis balls at a dunking booth so they could see me get soaked. It brought me hope because it was the resurrection that made all that happen. See, we all have hope in a resurrected Savior, and we got together at a daycare center to have fun with people. Being here this morning with all of you and my my Creek family brings me hope because Christ is indeed raised from the dead and there is a resurrection from the dead and we're all here to share in that hope. There's times when my faith is weak. I'm I'm not scared to admit that. And I've got people here at the Creek that say, you know what, lean into me right now. If you're at low tide, I'm at high tide. Come on, lean in. There's times when I'm at high tide and you're at low tide and I'll say, you need hope? Dig in. Come get you some. Let's walk. Let's do this together. One of our core values is community. That means that we have a place to belong. We have a sense of belonging. That we have somebody that, not when things are good and nice and working out, they're like, oh, that's just great. 
but I like the nitty gritty, dirty, messy parts of life when I'm really hurting and struggling and people are like, I'll walk with you through that mess. That's community. That's friendship. That's family. That's the hope of the resurrection. That's when I get encouragement. When I get to the point, I don't know how this is going to work. And they're like, I don't either. But you know what? Let's walk through this together. So be encouraged. Lock in. Engage. And then be an encourager. And one of the most selfish things that we can do is to have hope and hoard it. Like, I got it. Go get your own. I figured out, I have siblings, you know. I grew up, I know how to fight, right? I grew up with two older sisters, so I know how to mentally scrap. And I grew up with a younger brother, so I know how to physically scrap, all right? I would much rather physically fight than have to do the emotional stuff. Trust me. But I know how to do it. (laughs) And we used to always like, get your own, get your own. We don't take hope at the table and lick it and lay it back on the plate and say, that's mine. We share it, right? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. The rest of you will figure out that out at lunchtime when the last roll comes around in the basket. So be an encourager. You have found the place where hope is given and hope lives. Share that. I'm not trying to grow a church. I'm trying to encourage you to go out in the places you live and you work and you shop and you play and all the places you go and take hope there. Be people who take hope to the world. So maybe, maybe God is working on you a little bit and, and saying, you know what? You came in looking for hope and I've got it. How do I get a hold of that hope? It's through faith. Well, how do I get faith? God gives it to you. Here's what we do. We humble ourselves. It takes great courage and strength to humble ourselves to Jesus. And, and, and Jesus ain't a wimp. He hung on a cross for us. He defeated death, all right? And he walked out of a tomb. He's a man among boys. And the cross isn't to make Jesus a victim. He's a victor over the cross. The cross isn't for us to feel sorry for him. It's for us to serve him. And say, you're man enough. I can follow that. It takes us humbling ourselves and saying, I need faith. Give me faith to give me hope. Give me hope to give me life. And then we become reconciled by saying, you are my Lord and God. I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to pray that we get that hope. I'm also going to pray for, for us, too, that we become givers of hope because we live and work in places, and, and we've got friends that, that need hope. Man, maybe the guy in the cubicle next to you at work, his marriage is dying. And hopelessness is the word that perfectly describes his life. I'm going to pray for you to take him hope. Father, we love you. We thank you for an empty cross. We thank you for an empty grave. And we thank you for full hearts. We thank you for hope rising and filling our life. And so, Father, we we come to you right now and we humble ourselves before the empty cross. And we tell you, thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your life. And I pray right now that in this moment that you just, God, shine a light into the depth of our soul and help us to get real honest with you here for a minute. I'm not, I'm not asking for anything. We can't hide anything from you, God. But I'm asking 
for you to give us the courage and honesty, first of all with ourselves and then with you, to say, I need hope. And I'm stuck in a broken system. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I don't even I don't even know what to do. I pray that you give them the courage right now to just man in the quiet depth of their soul to say, Jesus, fill my life. I want your forgiveness that was paid to be accredited to me, to my account. God, I wanna I wanna know you as friend, as father, as Lord. Give me the strength and the courage to live as a, as a man of God, as a woman of God. Fill me with the hope. Give me the faith to walk and follow you and to change the world. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for forgiveness and reconciliation. Father, for the rest of us, I pray for an encouragement to fill us that can't come from a human voice, but can only come from you. Father, I pray that you give us the courage to go out and encourage the world around us. To be people rooted in hope that bring hope to a world that needs it. And we trust you to give us the courage, give us the energy to give us the ability to do that well and to not make your name foolish and not act like fools for you, but to bring hope, real hope, that comes through a resurrected Savior. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Marine Creek Church is located in Fort Worth, Texas. If you have any questions, feel free to visit our website at www.marinecreekchurch.com. Thank you.